Hello everyone, it is April 29, 2022, and could you believe that we are already at the end of the month? And this month, we want to say that stretch shorts can lead to oversold bounces, despite the fact that indeed there have been a lot of negative news lately, and it will actually be a, a potential rally in preparation for May 4 Federal uh, Open Market Committee event. So despite pessimism on earnings and guidance, we've seen how bearish Amazon's earnings were. It's down 8% after hours. Even Apple talked about losses and it is down 2% after hours. Despite that negative news on Apple and Amazon, and despite the negative news happening in China's recession, look at how the market is reacting towards overall market. So let's take a look. So um, remember that this year, 2022, there have been so far three key days. In January, near the end of the month, January 28, that solidified a bottom, a short-term bottom. February 24, it was another short-term bottom. March 15, which was an FOMC event, that was uh, the day that the Federal Open Market Committee, Federal Reserve, talked about raising rates. That was also a day where the markets bottomed out, i.e. all the shorts covered on that day. Those were short-term bottoms. Most of these dates are occurring near an options expiry. Today, April 29, is an options expiry date. And we believe that the data tells us that we always bottom near options expiry. So on April 29 until May 2, May 3, May 4, we do believe that we are seeing signs of a potential bottom happening soon. And therefore, we would want the shorts to cover within the next three days. Let's take a look at the things. This is the NASDAQ 100 for you. And it has been rallying from 12.9. It even managed to make a fake bounce to 13.5 um, before the earnings of Amazon and Apple came out. Now, after Amazon and Apple came out with very bad numbers, you could see that 13.5 is falling down to 13.3 and could even retest 13.1 and 12.9. However, my, my, my guess is that if the NASDAQ, like Amazon and, X, uh, and Amazon and Apple, is really supported somewhere here about 12.9 uh, for your NASDAQ, then you will be seeing some bottom fishing going on. This is the euro dollar. It has fallen. You'll notice for 2022, this year it has dropped from 114 to 108 and dropped all the way to 105, which is significant and is retesting that five-year low. It's nearing parity. So I do believe that the euro dollar is a sentiment indicator of how strong the dollar is. And because the dollar is so strong, it tells you risk aversion has been all throughout the season. Um, at some point, all the people who shorted euro would eventually cover the dollar. So I do believe that this strong movement towards the dollar has been a risk of asset. And if we can see Europe um, actually find footing here about 105 or 103, it tells me that despite all the pessimism of the market, that the currencies are saying to us that it's possible that about three, uh, three days from now, the market may find an uh, overall bottom. Not necessarily today, but near, near today, since uh, options expiry usually occurs on short-term bottoms. So let's take a look. Tonight, this is Amazon. So Amazon is opening at $2,600. That is below two seven. We do, however, warn that Amazon is breaking down and Amazon can fall all the way to 2.5 or even break to 2.3. So um, for the bears out there, what you want to see is Amazon continually falling. The same thing that happened to Netflix over the next three days. So Friday, 
Monday, Tuesday for the Philippine time. Technically speaking, when Amazon finds a bottom somewhere at about 2.4 or 2.5, I don't know if it will even stop at 2.6, be careful because if people are starting to buy 2.6 and 2.4 despite so many negative headwinds on Amazon's numbers, it means that the market overall has priced in a lot of the recession, a lot of the inflation, and is actually covering it, although we are not out of the woods. What you're simply seeing is that in the short term, because the market has sold off quite massively since April 1, you might see that the further downside from 2.9 to about 2.5 might be muted. So tonight, Amazon is 9% down. Some people who shorted Amazon will cover it on April 29, and they will just um, wait it out for the next uh, two to three days, either to short higher if, uh, if Amazon rallies to 3,000, or to actually buy lower near 2.4. So it depends really what the market is doing, but uh, you have to understand that Amazon is a sell on rally still, and it actually provides the bear's cushion if they are, if they are short consumer discretionary, such as XLY and RTH. So the only bullish thing nowadays is that everyone is practically bearish. Now it is um, true that the world is bearish on the Fed, uh, hiking rates, but it has been translated since November 2021. I would say that consumer confidence and consumer sentiment has been tricky when it comes to inflation, as inflation has been spiraling, but we have seen earnings from McDonald's actually manage to beat estimates, although right now there's also guidance on how much losses they've actually made by exiting Russia. So the world is actually bearish on the economy and inflation, However, the market is also tougher to short right now because we have been pulling back and the market has been owning puts all throughout. So you actually see short covering rallies, which was, hap which was happening last night prior to earnings of Apple and Amazon. And my sense is that next week, although the earnings have um, of the big tech are finished, you will still see companies like Square. You will see companies like C-Limited, Roku. Uh, sorry, Roku was finished, uh, uh, finished and uh, went to the positive side. You'll see that the, the, the short band is slowly insulating their portfolios by actually not amplifying their put options but um, they're either covering or some of them are holding their shorts. So what I'm saying is that if somebody shorted Amazon, if they shorted Google at about um, $3,000 above, what they're doing is uh, $3,000 or $2,900. Um, they're still holding on to their shorts and it remains to be seen on how low they, uh, they, they look at the markets. When you take a look, however, on the inverse funds, it seems as if another 5 to 10% downside in the market is enough to tempt everyone to buy, which is why we're saying thematically, we think that you are just in an entire year of choppiness. When you are in a choppy environment, that means if you are buying a call option on the low end, say you're buying a SOX L, uh, which is a semiconductor long at about 21 or 25, you're also selling a call at about 27 to $30. It means that you are looking at a buy low, sell high environment. And um, some stocks might even go lower low, like C-Limited and Shopify that fell to new lows recently against March, and then uh, sell a lower high. So let's take a look at charts. Um, last month, we bottomed on March 5 to 6, 15 to 16. This was the same day that the Fed announced rate hikes were ever present. Next week, Wednesday, is another critical day, wherein May 4, it will signal the very first 50 basis points of the Fed. 
You have as a trader to uh, to make your scenario planning. So today, if the market falls down because of the Amazon and Apple um, dropping their earnings uh, and guidance, you will see a potential profit on your put options later on. Philippine time, that would be 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. Wait around the first hour if the market will actually cover their shorts. Will they take profit on their shorts on Amazon? Or will they just persist and wait it out? Sometimes they will cover it. Sometimes they will wait. However, I think that for next week, such as May 2 and May 3, everyone who is practically short since April or January or February might actually cover their shorts. Because May 4 or even May 5 is a very big event and that could be a reversal to the upside. We've seen data that every time the Fed announces a rate hike, that is the actual bottom. Every time there is negative news in China, like a lockdown, the next day is the bottom or the, the same day of the bad news is the bottom because the market is actively being intervened by the central banks of China. For China, it's really monetary easing, Beijing expressing policy support. And it is actually making the, the, the market more choppy and vo more volatile than it already is. So it has been confounding people, but it shouldn't be. The point is that Every single day, it will be choppy. Today, it could be up. It could also be down within the next hour or so. But we believe that if it's oversold, the market could have priced in. Uh, our view is that the market could have priced in all the rate hikes subsequent to this meeting uh, on May 5. And therefore, all the negative news that will come is the last negative news, which preempts to an actual buying zone. This is the reason why Facebook went up 20% Despite not a stellar quarter, it just earned, uh, it just actually grew their revenue 7%, which is actually a deceleration from their past revenue growth. You also see Amazon very bad growth. Uh, it has a decline and even losses and losses of about at least $7.8 billion on Rivian. And when you see the market um, fail to sell off uh, Amazon, let's say after a 10% down, if people take profit, then you would have noticed that 10% down is likely all there is for an Amazon despite a very bad earnings. However, I would say that for the bears, Amazon is really um, has reported bad numbers. And uh, it is likely that the 2726 of Amazon can continue to fall further to as low as 23 or 22. Okay, so um, let's talk about these uh, things. Since Amazon's failure could likely go lower, what we want you to do is to sell on rallies if Amazon rallies. How would you sell it? Either you're selling Amazon at 3.1, 3,000, if it rallies back there, or 2.9, or you can purchase XLY and RTH puts if it goes against you. So I don't know what exactly how big the put options will print because obviously if Amazon failed, the put options on the consumer discretionary will also fail. The problem of these ETFs is that XLY is a function of not just Amazon, but also of Tesla, Home Depot, Walmart, Costco, um, Airbnb, Booking, CMG. So for XLY, although Amazon and Tesla are the largest positions and weights on XLY, you might see a more muted drop, but a drop nonetheless. For RTH, very huge exposure on Amazon, so we expect it to fall, same as for VCR. You might want to take profit if they fall tonight and then initiate alongside, not necessarily on Amazon, but on the companies where the expectations were so low that they only had room to go up. So what are these companies that had very low expectations? 
Pinterest had low exploitation. That's why at 19 to 21, we are seeing already a bottom fishing move. It could potentially go back to 25. Google at about 2-3 has been bottom fished because it is less than 20 times multiple despite a negative earnings print. Microsoft trading at about 280, 270 is still oversold and people have seen the growth of the cloud continue. That's why Microsoft is one of the lone, um, put, lone few in the fangs that have actually managed to stay up uh, along this entire year. Roku has dropped to $80 and has closed $90 last night and is continuing the rally up. We would argue that any dips of Roku now is going to be a retest rather than new lows. So for Facebook, same thing. It has potential to retest 190 or 180, but we view that Pinterest, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Roku, these are functions of the ad tech and the cloud services. It's actually um, the likelihood for them to go higher and just um, avoid making new lows already, suggesting that they're actually getting a dead cat bounce or the start of a potential reversal to the upside. So next week, events will have rubber band stretches. You have a lot of uh, inverse funds that could potentially go up tonight because of the Amazon and Apple failure. Just like Facebook last night triggered a 3% rally on Facebook that managed a short covering market overall in the market, making volatility index and SQQQ go down. We think that Apple and Amazon will reverse that move and continue upwards for the these inverse funds. Now, since these, uh, these inverse funds, the market is already aware, be aware that uh, all the news has been priced in potentially with just 5 to 10% or even 15% um, downside in the, in the stocks that are longs. And the inverse funds means that they only have 5 to 10 to 15% upside if you are short. So, um, I mean, if you are uh, long the inverse funds. So be careful. And uh, I would suggest that from now, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, we are looking more on the shorts uh, to be covered. So we are short covering and looking to go long. So why are we afraid of our shorts and need to cover? Well, we've seen so far that Netflix 180 and 190, the puts have been covering despite a negative print from the quarter. So just like Netflix, PayPal, Facebook have all been rising, same as Pinterest, we do believe that the shorts have stretched towards multi-year supports such as deep in the money put options, the ones who sold Netflix at 300 or 330 are tempted to just roll the position or cover the position. So because you are at the end of the month, some of them might actually be covering their shorts on Netflix, which means that they are effectively buying their um, Netflix shares to cover the shorts. Now, I do believe that Netflix, however, has a huge resistance perhaps 220 or 240, which suggests that a potential uh, better move here is to buy a call option at about 180 and then sell a call option at about 220 or 240. That buy call and sell call is actually a strategy called um, put spreads. So um, buy put, sell put, buy call, sell call. These are either bullish call spreads or bearish put spreads. So with Netflix very low today, I do believe that um, it has leeway to jump to as high as 210 despite all the negativity about password sharing. So um, let's take a look at what the markets are right now. Today, um, the yen is oversold and you can see the China bull has been rallying slightly three days from three days ago, 340, 330, rallying to 360. Today, after hours, yen is opening at $4 and 420. 
It is still a downtrend, as you can see. That is a huge downtrend for yen. But what you're seeing here is really a lot of function of a short covering move. So this has happened today, um, just like what happened in March 16, 17, 18, 15, 16, 17, 18. We've seen Chinese stocks go up in that uh, bear market rally, and you're seeing the same thing happen today. Tencent going up 11%, Alibaba going up 16 to 20%. Usually, um, although I am not going to chase the Chinese rally, it tells you that if you are short um, certain stocks, you are getting a rip-your-face rally and you will best likely to cover even if it's not a Chinese name. So whether it be Pinterest, like, take a look at that. After earnings, very low bar. And because it has been falling since $65 to $20, it looks like this $20 can rally to $25, which means that stocks do not need to bottom on the best news. Sometimes it's just a less bad news and super depressed expectations that, um, that prepares the stock to not go down to new lows. So, so far, all the lows seem to happen last night uh, or last, last night. So take a look at these Chinese issues. Um, yes, you're seeing this at extended hours, up 10 to 20%, yen going back to 430, DD going back to $2, Billy hitting 26, JD nearing 67, Kingsoft 4.27, Pintoto 43, Alibaba 103, Huya 4, Tiger 4, Kweb, Becky, Douyu, all of these Chinese issues are rising a lot. There are two ways for you to make a position here. Usually for China, especially on JD, we would prefer making a bear put spread. A bear put spread means that you're buying a put option when the stock is rallying 20% because it is cheap to short at about $70 or $80. At the same time, you do believe that JD has a lot of buyers at about $50. So the bear put spread works like this. You have a buy put at the high strike and you have a sell put at the low strike. So let's take a look at JD. It opens today here straight at the resistance at about 68. So we think that this is actually a tradable range. And tonight, even if JD is very strong and China can continue further to 79, we think that the, that the option that you can make is considered a bearish put spread. So buy a put at 80 strike or 70 strike, sell a put at 50 strike. So what this accomplishes is that selling a put gives you credit. So you receive credit. And then buying a put is something that you pay for. So the higher the strike, obviously, the more expensive it will be. So usually for an 80 put strike, we would pay at the most $8 to pay it. And if we're selling a put, we want to receive credit at least about 10% as well or receive $5. So if you think about it, 8 minus 5 equals 3. I don't think uh, it's trading at three today. It could be a five or four, but um, that is something that you want to take a look at. As a company goes up, you should be prepared to make a bearish put spread. So um, sell on rally means that good names, um, good names going up should be made a bearish put spread. So usually you will have to time it wherein um, you see a very stretched uh, movement on the upside, very fast up will eventually get faded down. The same thing that happened this uh, early March. It rallied here, as you can see, back to 68, and then got covered here at about 48 to 52. So we think that it will repeat the same case wherein um, Chinese stocks go up and then eventually fall down, albeit not necessarily to new lows, as it can actually trade higher lows. So you want to actually sell puts even at 55 or uh, 58. So sell high and then buy uh, 
buy puts here and then sell puts here. Okay, so this is selling puts because you're writing put options, receiving a credit. Okay, so what led this China stock surge? Well, we had the negative news on, um, on, um, on China basically having a lot of lockdowns. But the market surged as high as 11% for your Hansek Tech Index, the most intraday since March 17, just last month. Every time um, you've got 10-11% daily rallies, it is more of a bear market rally than a sustainable bull market. So this is still part of a bear market rally. And so you want to make a bearish put spread if Chinese stocks tonight go up all the way. So example, if yen goes 30% up next few days, within the next two to three days, if it keeps on going up, look to be on the sell side to sell high. So they are rising because the authorities are vying to support healthy growth of platform firms. So platform, i.e. all the Chinese technology stocks. Far from enough, let's read, um, uh, let's read some commentary about what just happened in China. Chinese tech stocks rebounded strongly uh, from a historic route mid-March after Vice Premier Liu He made a sweeping set of policy promises. Now, a lot of Chinese stock traders are unconvinced by this support pledge, and so it has to be retested once, twice, thrice, quadruple times for people to really believe that it is not an empty slogan but a reality. So the gist of all the similar pledges is similar to Liu He's. In, in the past weeks, some people thought it was all empty slogans, but we are now simply seeing a policy implementation. If the U.S. and China could potentially eliminate the delisting fears, um, it could actually rally despite the lockdowns from Shanghai to Beijing. So take a look at this. Uh, let's read further. Friday surge, which is today in uh, Shanghai, helped the CSI 300 index avoid a fourth straight weekly decline. So it's been falling down for the last four weeks. At least on the last week, it managed to go up, rising only 0.1% this week. We believe this is an inflection point in China wherein President Xi Jinping is committed to boost the economy via government fiscal stimulus and has been depreciating the currency yuan simply by also printing money. So um, China is following the U.S. path of quantitative easing, whereas U.S. is hitting the brakes on quantitative easing is in a quantitative tightening phase. So the natural um, money flow is... Potentially, um, stronger dollar, continuing strong dollar, and weaker China's yuan. Um, take note, the government may want to buy some time to caution the economy, so Beijing's measures are not enough. You will see a lot of movements when it comes to the Ukraine war rising rates and COVID. So it is, in other words, a choppy environment. In choppy environments, when the put options go very high, some people can actually sell puts when it, uh, and, and the only way for a put options to be very high is because everyone is already bearish. So uh, my sense is that for China, indeed, um, there are almost 95% of traders who are bearish in China, which gives them that um, firepower to bounce very fast in just one to two days. Now, let's just take a look at more charts here. Uh, shipping services has fallen. Uh, this one has fallen from 90 to 48. This was brought about by a dividend, a very huge dividend of $20. And so I would argue that this 70 to 50 is actually a healthy correction. So far, the drop near 48 has been met with rallies as, as high as 57. And I'd look at whether Zim is actually consolidating towards a bottom as long as it's below 52 or 51. So this is something that I would 
would watch for the next two to three days for a potential higher low above 49 to see if a bottom indeed can crawl up to about 60 or even 70. We are bullish marine shipping owing to the fact that cyclicals are very hard to ship without being a very high uh, shipping rate or a freight rate. Take a look at what's happening in Nordic American tankers. It has been choppy here, but we are bullish on dips and we're still looking at whether 250, the recent low, or 240 is the actual low. So at 270 to 240, with a 10% drop, that means in the next two to three days, you might get an entry towards a buy if you're really confident in marine shipping. EOG resources just wanting to look all of the commodities here. Last week, the commodities have fallen, but last night, a lot of people started to swarm in buying the commodity drop. So EOG is one of the largest oil and gas drillers. And with um, the U.S. still needing a lot of energy, it's possible that uh, EOG or diamondback energy like FANG is actually going to be bought on dips in this type of market sell-off. So um, this is also something to take note. Uh, last night, Roku also had a bad um, earnings, but since uh, the expectations were too low, it started climbing up. Tonight, it's actually uh, opening at $94. And you can see that that retest, uh, actually that's not a retest, that is a new low at 82, can rally all the way to 100 first and then consolidate before rallying back to 110. So we are still bearish in the overall market, given that these are new lows. However, it's highly likely that these are already being covered as well by all the shorts who happened to short Roku ever since, say, last year. Now, semiconductors, we argue NVIDIA, AMD, and Qualcomm. Qualcomm reported very good numbers, which suggests that it's possible that AMD and NVIDIA will also report better numbers this quarter. In fact, last quarter, AMD and NVIDIA already did well, beating estimates. So um, if everyone is seeing potential in cloud, and uh, that was evidenced by the digital transformation discussed by uh, Microsoft, I'd say that SoxL can rally and people are still willing to buy Socks L call options, especially at 25 below or 22. And they're also, if you're buying a call option here, sometimes people will also uh, sell a call somewhere at about $40 or $50 if they believe that it is just trapped in a range. You want to do a buy call, sell call or buy put, sell put if you are of the view that um, the stock is uh, at a very low price. Example, if you are selling puts here at about 25, you will collect a credit spread while you are, um, and if you are buying a call option here, then you can buy your call options freely through those credit spreads on sell put. That is what we call a risk reversal. With these companies, although it's very volatile to make a risk reversal, the view that I have is that because it is so oversold, the semiconductor longs or SOX L could potentially go up as, uh, as NVIDIA and AMD reports numbers next month. That is a, a potential high reward for a very little risk if you're buying call options on SOXL. So when you buy call options, that is a defined risk. Now, if you sell a put, you are committed when the shares as assigned, are assigned to you, no matter if um, the stock price hits new lows. So technically, a sell put has unlimited risk, although it's not really unlimited, as 25 can only fall to zero. Um, of course, nobody wants to buy a $25 name to go to zero. So every drop there will count if you have a sell put. Now, this is Square. I'm taking a look at Block because earnings are coming out next May. So far, the fintech names like PayPal did well. And if you notice, uh, because the bar is already so low, we are repeating what just happened on March, wherein a very strong number for Block triggered a more than 20% upside move and also another day of 10%. 
So possible that here about 104, although it can go down to 90 or 80, might be interesting bottom fishing ideas for those who want fintech, uh, fintech leader square or block. Snowflake, we are taking a look at the charts here as we think that the rally last month could be repeated this month as the world is still uh, wanting a lot of cybersecurity powerhouses and Snowflake is still also in the data warehouse game, data analytics comparable to Palantir. Palantir is the same. You can see that Palantir, uh, well, this is PayPal's chart, but Palantir is also bottoming out. So all throughout, you're seeing that last night, starting of short covering or start of a potential risk reversal because all the earnings results at least for PayPal, managed to beat expectation. So this is Twilio, earnings coming up next week, potentially double bottom here, or even if it goes new lows, it seems as if the downside is just limited to about 10% or 15%. ARK Innovation ETF hit a new low as Teledoc shares collapsed about 40%, and people are still grappling on how ARK Innovation can actually rally. Now, I would say that ARK will only have a, uh, an attention to rally if Shopify and Square and Roku uh, and all of these growth names uh, actually are C Limited managed to go up. So far, with oversold arenas here about 48 and 45, it's highly likely that it could go higher, but a dead cat bounce only. So be careful still because it will be just a dead cat bounce. So Shopify here around $400, we might see a pause first. And on May, before the earnings on May, uh, prior to the Fed catalyst and prior to their earnings, Next two days, you might see people cover their shorts. Now, I don't think that Shopify will easily go up to 500. People might just buy it at 400 or 420 as they're just covering their shorts. They are not really still um, very confident that Shopify will actually beat numbers, especially since Amazon had a nasty sales growth. So if you listen to the industry, Amazon is bad it's likely that Shopify will also have a bad quarter, except that at 440, the question is now how bad is bad? Because if it is just less bad, you can really rally about 5 to 10%, even if it's just less bad, like what happened with Square. Uh, that, that, that was evident in Facebook's numbers recently. This is NVIDIA. You can see March got broken down. And so that 205 area is your first resistance. You're seeing a lot of buyers, though, on NVIDIA and SoxL. So I would see a lot, a lot of choppiness here. Some people trying to buy this dip on NVIDIA. Uranium, you're also seeing the last three days quite choppy, quite volatile. But it seems that here about $23, uranium is getting bought and higher lows still from January 2022. Tameco also a strong uranium name. It has been um, barely dropping after a huge drop from 32 to 28. Seems as if it, if it can find footing next two days, you're about 25 or 24. That is a very good um, scenario that apparently uranium still has a lot of buyers. Uranium here, you can see this was a normal correction and uh, watch this on your buying areas if the market confirms it to be so. So five very much oversold to new lows and uh, earnings next month of May. Next month is still a lot of earnings seasons, which can really dictate whether a stock will go magical up, like 20% pop, similar to Facebook, or continue to new lows, which happened to Teladoc. So um, their fates are intertwined because um, all of this is a function of how much can unprofitable tech companies go down if most of them are down 75 to 80 to 95% from their peaks? So this is Google. Um, you're noticing that even if Google had the slight 
bad earnings this month, this quarter, you're seeing that the market actually bargain hunted. It's typical that uh, when you're trading at about 20 times multiple for a value tech name, a lot of people are buying Alphabet and Facebook for their potential short-term bottom and potential long-term accumulation for their idea that by next year, agri- uh, advertising is still strong or even next quarter. So a lot of buyers on Google, Microsoft, Facebook as a, uh, as a safe place to bargain hunt so far. This is Palantir. As you can see, at about $10.95, we double tested those supports around January, March, and uh, February. And this April is not an anomaly. Every quarter, uh, every end of the month, we're seeing actually the formation of bottoms. Okay, so um, either bottoms or tops because uh, options expiry date is um, a place where people uh, who are short could largely just cover. So this is Walt Disney. You're setting up a nice play here. It's already oversold here at 115. Extraneous event because of the Florida bill uh, that is deleting Disney's self-governing status in that state. They are getting penalized a billion dollars. However, if you'll notice, the stock price already priced in a massive sell-off. The last quarter, Disney was trading at about 150 plus, and now it's just trading at about 115, which is a 35% slide. I'd say that some people are willing to nibble a little of uh, of, uh, Walt Disney despite Netflix actually uh, falling down. It's possible that Disney was actually a recipient of those market share additions um, at the expense of Netflix. So try to watch out for Walt Disney because you might have a good long idea here. Disney call options would work if you are bullish or you could just uh, sell a put here at these levels if you're really adamant um, with an undefined risk. Uh, the problem itself is it's, it's an undefined risk because 115 can easily go down to 100 or 95. So those are really the risks that you have to prepare for if you are selling puts with a very little yield, unless you're selling puts with huge premiums. So um, all that would be all for the day. I would just uh, advise uh, mostly uh, on, on Discord voice if you are part of our uh, team, if you are part of the member. But let's just watch uh, how the uh, after hours are doing right now because pre-markets are already open. Um, a quick look on Chinese names today since China has really overtaken the the, the short covering that could actually uh, lead to... Um, an overall sentiment change. Because we are so oversold, uh, even China just pledging support can shift the market towards uh, going long. Um, Remember that recession leads to commodities going down, but if China will soften the landing of a recession in China, that's one of the reasons why commodities are also potentially going up. Let's take a look at that theory. Look at this, extended hours of most Chinese names are up. What you want to see later is, will people short JD at $70? Will they create bear put spreads? Or will they actually wait it out and see if they can enter 10% lower? So here at these levels, I don't think Chinese issues are um, are viable if you are buying because after hours is already too, too high. But you do, you do not short it. If, if unfortunately you have shorts, this movement of China will let you uh, will force you to cover any shorts, if any, that you have. Um, look at the commodity space because China and commodities, as I said, are intertwined. As, um, as China is rising, we're seeing maritime shippers go up. 
somehow um, even the gold commodity went up although i am skeptic on gold on uh, on how gold goes up on a recession so i don't know if re there's really a recession or not but um this contradictory mixed signals that the market is sending is uh, is really um very volatile Aussie dollar is going up, I believe, because oil, copper is still a strong commodity. So from a commodity space, let's take a look at oil here, crude oil. So crude oil futures or U.S. oil. This is U.S. oil. It has barely uh, dropped still at $106. And you're seeing that the market is very much bullish on energy. So from a long side perspective, everyone seems to be bullish on commodities. And if you are going to go long commodities, as I said, prioritize companies like EOG, prioritize companies like FANG, uh, Diamondback Energy, because these are higher lows. So um, I'm more of the opinion that NRGU, which is uh, oil-related names, are trying to function on a buy on dips. So this one is just getting taken profits from at 450. But whenever oil or energy goes down, we are still bullish that uh, people are going to buy commodities. So that is a hiding place. Uh, commodities like um, oil uh, and perhaps uh, commodities like wheat, copper, sugar. So it's very, it's very tricky, all of the commodities. But uh, so far, the portfolios or the ones that we are looking at is saying to us that uh, commodities are remaining buy on dips. Uh, it might be the only sector that you can actually buy on dips as well as marine shippers. So marine shippers like GOGL, Golden Ocean. Golden Ocean is actually bought here from 11 rallied to 1278. So what's happening to silver? Tonight, uh, silver is trying to rally after getting oversold. However, I'd argue that there are so many resistances on gold and silver that um, it is harder to buy that commodity per se. Even uranium, despite the fact that people started buying here at 23, take note that 25 to 27 has some sellers, which means that this could just be a trading range for now it's, and not really a breakaway gap to the higher highs. So yon, um, that's it for today. And um, I hope that you somehow understood whatever I was talking about. Um, I'm going to tell you a few things that um, we are seeing. Just Let's just read through some of um, the things that Facebook has discussed recently. Let's just recall all the things that happened. So Facebook has gone up 20%. To me, that is a sign of going up for Facebook and is a capitulation bottom last 170. And the reason is, um, Facebook said, I recognize it is very expensive to build this reality labs. It is something that's never been built before and a new paradigm for computing and social connection. So next several years, just from a financial perspective, to generate sufficient operating income growth from the family apps to fund the growth of investment in reality labs while it is still growing the overall profitability. So since they know that there are so many revenue headwinds for 2022, they will be slower in spending for their uh, for Facebook's uh, reality labs or the metaverse. The market took that positively, that uh, that uh, that Facebook was acknowledging all the macro business uncertainty for their short-term financial goals. Um, also, I think what's been helping um, Facebook, Google, um, Microsoft. 
Uh, and even like Amazon and Apple, despite the very bad number of Apple and Amazon, is that they have been announcing a lot of buyback programs. So that is something to take note of. Take, take note of. So this one, uh, Apple, why is it just down 2% when they are seeing a lot of supply constraints? Let's read through this. Apple's COVID disruptions are impacting them between 4 to $8 billion in just one quarter. When asked uh, if the lost sales are recoverable, CEO Tim Cox said, we believe there's a percent that is recapturable and a percent that is likely not where somebody needs something quickly. So they're basically telling you that they are obviously aware of uh, supply chain dilemma and demand destruction. So um, they're very careful in giving very high guidance. So the market will actually trade Apple in a range. So um, it is bearish, but um, it is not as bearish. So yon, that's one for Apple. And take a look at uh, Amazon. For Amazon, it's, a, it's been a mess all throughout. So Amazon is dropping 8 to 10% and could extend even more. You can see that subscription sales is $8.41 billion, not a, not a beat based on a consensus. AWS is uh, a slight beat, 18.44 billion. Operating margin is not good, 3.2% only. Online stores net sales uh, is also um, slightly lower, 51.13 billion. North American net sales continue to be strong, but everyone else ex North America is not as strong. So operating income and net sales are expected to, to be 125 billion. That's why the market is still happy. That is the growth. But uh, starting this quarter, um, this uh, growth will decelerate. So also, uh, Amazon did expect um, losses in Rivian. So there, um, we do our best uh, that there is struggling in, uh, in movements in Facebook, in uh, Disney, that could actually offer an opportunity on the long side. So yun, um, do the following for Facebook buyers, you could buy Facebook calls, 175 calls in June, and sell some 225 calls. When you sell a call, you collect a credit. When you buy a call, you pay for it. So far, the current price is 29. I usually wait for better pricing. Maybe um, if it's 34 minus 6, if I could buy um, a Facebook call option near 175 or 180, then that means that these $35 can easily drop about 10 or 20%. So if the current price today is about $30, I could try to buy it uh, $25 or less. So buy call, sell call is an idea where when you know that it is capped upside for Facebook, given that it's impossible for many large caps to also just break away to new highs with the constant macroeconomic headwinds. So that is um, something that you could do. This is also something you could do for Chinese uh, in, uh, Chinese fund yin. Yin is a bullish uh, option towards the upside for uh, for FXI. Seeing Chinese Hang Seng index, uh, it looks like it's being becoming a trading range with support at three and resistance at seven or eight. So in this case, you can just buy a call at three and sell a call at eight. So those are credit spreads that you can create if you want to fence a certain uh, stock stock range so if you can see a trading range so when when do we do um sell puts and sell calls sell puts and sell calls you do collect premium but um usually when the stock price rises uh the call options go up 
So I believe that um, it's better to have a buy call, sell call rather than a sell put, uh, sell put, sell call. The reason why I don't like sell put, sell call is um, you have to assume that um, the volatility will become larger. And uh, I mean, it, it all depends on the premiums contracting, uh, which is very hard. Uh, volatility is always going up nowadays. So I wouldn't actually uh, be shorting strangles. Uh, I, I'm careful. I'd rather go long strangles, which is either you're buying call and buying a put option or you're, um, yeah, so that is a long strangle. I prefer that. So you just buy a long and buy a put. So for instance, for uranium, if you believe that 23 is a buying zone, you buy a 23 call and you buy a 28 or 29 put. So that would be how I believe the market is from standpoint. You are usually going long strangles. So it's mostly buying, buying calls, buying puts, or you are combining a buy call, sell call. So that, that's one way to handle it. Okay, thank you very much. And that's it. Bye-bye.